1: Hello, everybody, and welcome into another fascinating edition of Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin
0: Sherrington. This is a Cowboys edition, but I guess people would know that already if, they've, yeah, if they're listening. If they're listening. <laughs> yes, they would. And who are you? I'm Barry Horn, and our guest today is New York Times best-selling author, who's also my first coach, Gary Myers of the New York Daily News. Gary, what is the name of your new book?
2: The the new book is, is my first coach. Oh my God!
0: <laughs> and you coach. <laughs> You're very pressing, aren't you you? you? you coach. You coached me up, and to be where I am today in the in the journalism business. And now you. So went we can out blame Gary for so, that. So my first coach. What is it about?
2: Well, you know, it was a lot more difficult coaching you up than it was coaching my son playing baseball. <laughs> uh, at least I was I had something to work with with my son. You. Oh
0: my God! So you did a better job with me then.
2: Well, no, I, I can't say that either. <laughs> I mean, look at
1: look at the results. And neither would anybody else. Hey, hey,
0: speaking about results, it's uh, but it, the book is about NFL quarterbacks, right? And and yeah, you know,
2: quarterbacks and their relationships with their dads. And, um, I, I'd like to think there's a, there's a life lesson in 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 all, each of the chapters. And I'm really marketing, you know, middle school and high school boys and girls and their and their moms and dads. And, you know, and football fans in general. But, you know, I, I get into the relationship between, um, you know, Derek Carr and his dad, Jameis Winston, Jim Harbaugh, John Elway, Joe Montana, Phil Sens, Joe Flacco, and, and many, many more.
0: We'll, we'll come back to this, this. I know what my favorite story in the book is, but I want you to tell, tell everybody what yours is. But first, I want to ask you a question. Why should we believe anything you say? Who did you pick to win the Super Bowl this year? Oh,
2: I picked uh, the New York football Giants. And uh, they're making me look really good after what happened the first two weeks of the season. You know, considering how long I've covered this league, I really should have known better. Uh, Because the, the two weakest spots on the Giants after last season were the offensive line and the running backs. And they did nothing to improve either one of those spots. And we all kind of sucked in you know They bring in Brandon Marshall, they draft the tight end in the first round, Eli's going to have all these weapons. And the problem is it doesn't matter you know, who you have on the outside, if you don't have time to throw the ball and you can't run it, then um, you could have the results that the Giants have had, which is scoring 13 points total in their first two games. And now going back to last season, it's been eight straight games that they haven't scored 20 points in any of them.
1: So after the, after the Cowboys beat the Giants, I posed the question last week that so the Cowboys put all their money on their offense, which is pretty mm-hmm. much what they always do, um, and the Giants put all their money on their defense, and, sh- and it, it, was this a, an example of, of which way to go? And I, and, I, and I said that before the Cowboys went to Denver and then just got stoned by the Broncos.
0: Is that a reference to the legal marijuana in the state of Colorado? <laughs> it, is,
1: it is not. They would for, prefer to be stoned that can, way. Kevin, we can see where your head is at these days. Oh wow, yeah. my God, mile high baby!
0: No, but but you know, how, how do you explain, Gary, you, from afar, from from a perspective of, of a national guy, what happened to the Cowboys on Sunday against the Broncos? Stuff happens. I mean,
2: that's the best. That's the clean way I can say it. That. There are so many ups and downs in a season when a team gets on a roll at home like the Broncos did the other day. It's just contagious, and it's it's hard to stop. And if they played each other ten times, I, I doubt uh, anything like that result would ever happen again, but it just so happened that it did happen on Sunday. And now because this league is uh, – and, and my, my new expression is we take – we're trying to make long-term judgments based on short-term results. Now, every Monday in every NFL city, the team that wins the day before is going to win the Super Bowl, and the team that loses the day before isn't going to win a game the rest of the season because there's such an overreaction to it. And when, when they get to New Year's Day, um, I think that's when the, the regular season ends, somewhere around there, and if the Cowboys finish 12-4, and they very well might, you can look back on the second week of the season and just go, you know, it was just one of those days. If it turns out that it's the start of something really bad, then you'll say, well, the the Broncos really exposed the Cowboys in that game. They showed everybody how to shut down Zeke. And if you make Prescott throw the ball, I mean, forget about 50 times, which he did the other day, but even make him throw it 30 times, um, the Cowboys can't win. I mean, if they set the formula... Uh, the other day, then the Cowboys have a problem if they can't adjust. But at, at this point, um, I would just think you have to look at it like they played a, a team with a really good defense that has an improving quarterback that just smacked them around for four and a half hours, considering they had an hour delay. Um, yeah, that's what made it I know all worse. People are probably panicking in Dallas right now. People are probably panicking in Dallas right now. But. Um, Wait a couple of weeks before the full panic mode should set in.
1: Well, yeah, that, that was my column for today, Gary, was that which, which team are there? The, the first team, uh, the, you know, the, the team that beat the, the Giants or the team that beat the Broncos? The team that lost to the Broncos. Lost sir. to the Broncos, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, obviously, I think they're closer to the one that beat the Giants. But I will say... There are things about the, uh this team, you know, that are you know, especially uh in, in my point was they have to get the, the Dak Prescott to Des Bryant thing working. That just ha that just isn't mm-hmm. working. And it it didn't it didn't really work. It didn't really work really worked last year. No, it didn't nobody really cared. work last year. Because because but but now people are figuring things out, I think, a little bit. You know, if you, you, you really have what you have to do is you gotta take away Cole Beasley. You know? If you take away Cole Beasley, then it makes it much more difficult on Dak because that's that's his security blanket. That's what he goes to. Right. He's always open. He, he's an easy target. He led the team in receptions last year. And if you could take him away somehow, uh, then uh, – and, and, and my contention has always been that Dak does not want to throw the ball to Dez because Dez never looks like he's open, in which he really rarely is. He doesn't get a lot of separation. And Tony right. Romo would always give him that shot because he believed in him and he knew that if I throw this ball down there, it's a 50-50 ball, he's going to come up with it. And I just really feel like that Dak doesn't want to do that. He, he does not want to take that chance because he is so risk-averse to interceptions, right? So, which is a good thing. But at some point, he is just going to have to start throwing the ball downfield to open things up.
2: You know, it was pretty clear to me in in the first game when uh, I, I can't even remember when it was that the, the Cowboys had that first and goal. Um, maybe it was inside the five, yes.
0: they, right? On the and, three, they threw, they threw the ball to Dez,
1: correct? Right.
2: Three three straight times,
0: yeah.
1: Right.
2: And the only way I could possibly rationalize that is that um, Linehan and, and and Jason Garrett we're trying to establish some kind of relationship between those two because otherwise it made no sense that Elliott didn't get the ball at least once. And, you know, Kevin, when you said before, you know, which is the real Cowboy team the first week or the second week, I just want to remind you that, you know, they scored one touchdown, they got four field goals. So the offense was unable to finish off drives. And defensively, they were going against a team that made Demarcus Lawrence look like Reggie White.
0: Absolutely, because
2: they can they just can't block, and so the Giants might have—I don't want to say—it it, it just might have been misleading the first week that people thought, oh, you know, the Cowboys are just going to pick up where they left off in the regular season last year, and look, they—they they beat the Giants, who beat them twice last year, and so they beat the Giants; they're going to beat everybody else. Um, it's really hard to get it to get. A handle on teams early in the season especially because training camps have changed so much there's, there's very little very few practices with pads and there's no two days anymore and the offensive lines usually take a long time to get this stuff together and uh, before I thought you were able to make a pretty good judgment after one or two weeks what you got but I think it just takes longer now for things to settle in and um, usually there's a lot of market corrections early on, teams that look good that you didn't think were going to be good, you know, generally will still not be good in the long term. And then the teams that you really thought were going to be good, you know, obviously with a few exceptions, but by the time we get to October, I think those teams will be pretty good.
0: Gary, a lot of people down here are talking about, or and and Tomlinson said this on NFL Network. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched ESPN last night a lot, and they were talking about it. Do you think Zeke quit? Barry, do you
2: do anything but watch
0: television? No. And you know what? I'm not gonna even say this, but I'll, I'll say I'll tell you this: they paid me to do it.
1: Shh, it's a secret.
0: Anyway,
2: any, any, any... he's got six 50 inch TVs in his house.
1: Yeah, he's he's putting them in every day. He's got them like lining walls. He, on one side, it's all TVs. On the other side, it's all mirrors. It's all smoke. It's all <laughs> he's smoke got and mirrors. On the
2: ceiling. He's got them in the bathroom.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: Holy cow! All right, let's get back let's
0: go to ahead, uh, uh, d- <laughs> d- Did Zeke. Yeah, LaDainian Thomason said it. He said Zeke quit on the Cowboys. Yes he did. Yeah uh, said it a couple of times. He said it a couple of times and He got challenged mm-hmm. a little bit by Dion Sanders as well. Yeah, well Deion mm-hmm. Sanders challenged Des Bryant. Yes he did. So it was, it but was that's, like, a, that's an old song. It, it it was it was open season on Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, and yes, and it, it will always be that because they're the Cowboys. But so so in, in that play, Dak throws the ball, bounces off Dez's hands into the so everybody's in in on that play, and into the the, uh, the cornerback's hands, and then you and the camera goes right to Zeke, and Zeke is just standing there watching what happens next. Cowboys are down. Do you want Zeke Elliott at that point to be trying to run down a guy, maybe pull a hamstring, get hurt? The game was over at no, that, that point. That was not on the hundred and three yard. Line, no, no, right? no, 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 no. This that was it was on a pass. Dak threw through to Des. Actually,
1: actually it was a good pass. Actually, yeah, it was an okay pass. Actually, the deal you was, have had. It. I, I think what happened on that play, if you if you look, if, you can't really tell on television too well. But if you look, Zeke was in this was on the post, in a post pattern. He was he deeper, was close, but he was near he was there. deeper yeah. than than Des was, and he looked like he was more open. And I think that on that particular play, he thought. We're throwing the ball to Des on this one. He misses it's an interception, and I'm wide open. And I just think that the combination of that and everything else caused him to step. Yes, as a matter of fact, I do want him trying to chase that guy. Okay, down. I'm, I'm asking Okay, because, because here's the thing. You remember, and I mentioned this. Can
0: we ask somebody who knows about the NFL? Gary? Well, well, Get, wait, well, there was
1: another. There was another play a couple years ago. Remember when there was an interception and Des stood there and jawed with the wide receiver as the guy was running the interception Correct. back. Correct. And and everybody went crazy on Des as, as they should have. You know, that's your job. Is you know it's, it's even your job. If you're the quarterback. to At least act like you're going after the guy. Right. I mean that's what. Yeah, that's what point, Dak what, what did, did, right? Well, well but did you
0: didn't everyone. want Dak anywhere. That was on the 103, 103 yards. Yard and, and but you're going, yeah. Dak. Get away from there. <laughs> I I was. I'm sitting watching on my thirty-five inch TV.
1: Which he does. doesn't want a uh, uh, pick six, one hundred three yards on his resume. No, but but he had. It, it. It
2: would, at what point was that? Talking about that, LA didn't go after him. I was. That there. was about. That was probably, probably like third twenty twenty seven ten fourth quarter. Time. Was
0: it? It's third or fourth quarter. Yeah, I think it was 27-10. I noted it as I was watching the game, taking. Yeah,
2: I, I think at that point you're down seventeen points, that you want everybody give the full effort to try to bring the guy down. So, you know, without having the benefit of actually seeing that play, um, and I was I was watching a lot of that game, but I was, at that point I was probably switching back and forth. Um, you know, I can't give a a good take on that because I didn't see it, but I just say in general at 42-10 you don't necessarily want anybody taking a chance, but at that point if it's still a chance to win the game you know, last night um, you know, Monday night against the Lions JPP sacks Stafford the ball's on the ground and JPP is doing a celebration dance (laughs) standing over Stafford with the ball still on the ground now the Giants wind up recovering and then Eli of course threw an interception on the next play. But I mean here you have a guy celebrating and the ball is still live.
1: That's so, crazy. The Gary
0: Gary this I mean, just,
1: this, po- not, this came
0: ahead. up this came up in our podcast last week. Uh is Eli the worst quarterback in the NFC East? And is he going to the Hall of Fame?
2: Is he the worst quarterback in the NFC
0: East? Right now, behind the
2: Well, I'll say that after two weeks, he's played the worst of, of the four starting quarterbacks in the NFC East, but I don't think he is the worst. Who is? Um, I mean, I I'd still take him over Kirk Cousins. Me I'd too. I take him over Carson Wentz. Um, I, I'm, I know this is sacrilegious to say this, you know, in a Dallas show and all, but I, I'm not convinced that when, when Dak has to win the game, that
1: he can do it, uh, yeah, I it's th- all it,
2: on him in a really big
1: spot. I think it's an excellent and so, point, and and that's what I've always said about Eli. Is that during the course of a game he will do some really dumb things, uh, but mm-hmm. if they got a chance to win late in the game, he he has he got some magic in him. Uh, he can really he can really d- turn uh, turn it up. And and, and I and yeah, I don't and know I, that, that those are the kind of skill. I don't know if that's the kind of skill set we've seen yet from Dak.
2: Gary, your hall of yeah, I think. I, well, I was just going to say that I, I think the one way the Giants can try to overcome the deficiencies on the offensive line is, is going to a no-huddle and quickening the pace because Eli's always been very effective in two-minute drills. Yeah, that's and In the times that Coughlin went to the no-huddle, I, I just think he's better like that. And nothing else is working. So uh, I, w- I would think that Sunday in Philadelphia would they're going to face a team with a pretty good pass rush. That would be the way to go. As far as the Hall of Fame, I would just – Put it like this. He led two last-minute drives to win two Super Bowls. So a, a, a last-minute drive in each of the two Super Bowls um, that he was in in the last two minutes. Going down the field, One the first time against the undefeated Patriots, the second time against a really good Patriots team, if, if we're going to judge... Um, careers and, and whether they're Hall of Fame worthy on on important results and not just on the numbers, then, yeah, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. What else do you want from a quarterback that with a Super Bowl on the line, he's two for two going against a really good team? Has he put together Hall of Fame numbers over the 14 years or 13-plus that now he's not in the NFL? No, because I've seen... Seventy-five percent of the games that he's played, and the other 25 percent, I got stuck at Jets games. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, what we're seeing from Eli now is, more, is a product of the offensive line and the running game and the fact that he's 36 years old. But this isn't the first time I've seen this film. He had a horrible stretch ten years ago. In a year, they went on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, In 2007 against Minnesota, I think he had three pick-sixes, if I remember correctly. uh, Or at least two, but I think it was three. And we were trying to run him out of town then. And he's had a lot of games where you just shake your head and you go, is this guy a rookie or is he in his tenth season? He's just that kind of quarterback. He's not nearly as good as his brother was, but he's clutch. And he's won so many games in the last couple of minutes. And then, like I said before, He won the two biggest games of his career uh, against the Patriots, trailing with a couple minutes to go and taking his team down the field to get the winning touchdown. What what more do you want from a guy in his career? Listen, any team, any owner, any coach, and any fan base at the beginning of a quarterback's career would sign up immediately if you say by the time he finished his career after 14, 15 years, he's put two trophies in the case. Do you think Jerry Jones right now would sign up no matter how long Des- Dak Prescott plays, if when he retires, Jerry's got two more trophies. Of course he would. Even if it was a 15-year career, you take two because look what's happened in the last 21 years in Dallas—they haven't gotten any. So if you if hey you hey a hey career, that's pretty darn good.
0: Hey, did we just? Is it likely that you will present a lot? You're a longtime Hall of Fame uh, voter. Would would you be the one making the case for his Hall of Fame um, in the room for?
2: Actually not, uh, because they assigned me um, any anybody who whose primary years were spent with the Jets. So I don't have to speak up very often. <laughs> that was a joke. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Jets, you know, I don't have to talk to very often. Um, actually, I, I presented Curtis Martin a few years ago, and um, and Kevin Mawai last year. Curtis got in in his second year, and Mawai came real close last year. So. Um, I think he's got a good shot this year, but the Giants guy right now is Bob Glauber from Newsday, would make the primary presentation, and then anybody of the forty-seven other voters can then speak up. So, um, if I'm still on the committee five years after Eli's career is over,
0: you'll be you you'll, um, be, you'll be you'll be seventy-five by then,
2: I, I, and uh, I don't even want to start that conversation with you, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I hope to be hanging out on a beach with you guys somewhere by the time up, Eli's up for uh, the Hall of Fame. Uh, if
1: you want to be, be on a beach with Sherrington, it'll be in Galveston. We'll be washed up on a beach. Uh, hey, so uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame, who's the next Cowboy who's going to go into the Hall of Fame?
2: Wow, because everybody's probably, pretty much gotten in from that from the Jimmy teams. Yeah. Um,
0: Woodson? Who, well, oh, I'm sorry? Darren Woodson. Did
2: oh, Darren Woodson. Well, he, his name—he uh, hasn't made it uh, okay um, into the final fifteen in any year that um, he's been eligible. So I'm not sure there's much momentum for him right now. I'm not saying it's not going to happen at some point because you know Terrell Davis uh, didn't have much traction early on, and, and he got in last year. I would actually say it would be Jimmy. Right. Of that group, I think because he, he's been discussed in our room a few times, and um, I think there is a lot of support for him. I think he'd be in a ready if he had just stayed in Dallas, and I think they would have won four Super Bowls in a row because if Barry Switzer was able to get him to an NFC championship game and almost wow. win it, then I do believe that Jimmy would have beat the 49ers again and then won the Super Bowl. And then probably if Switzer could win a Super Bowl like he did, then you know Jimmy would have won it. So, and that team was just so good because all their best players were so young. Um, it, you know, it's really, it's really a shame when you look back on it now because I'm sure that Jerry and, and Jimmy are, are on fairly decent terms now, and, and Jerry is very complimentary of Jimmy in his Hall of Fame speech. Um, I think if they had to do it over again, and I know Parcells feels this way about Robert Kraft, because he left a really good young team that he built in New England, uh, and he left them when they were just on, on the rise, and then Pete Carroll got there and they went backwards. Um, but I think if, if, if Parcells had stayed in New England, uh, they would have won championships, and, and Belichick never would have been the head coach there. Um, and I think if Jimmy had stayed, the Cowboys might have put together the greatest dynasty in NFL history, it's still, you know, one of the best. But now there's an argument, you know, with Pittsburgh and, and, and the Patriot teams that the last 15 years or whatever. I think if Jimmy had stayed there, they had a really good chance to not only win three in a row, which no team has done, but I think they could have won four, at would,
1: least. Would Does it have any kind of play with the voters uh, that Jimmy is not in the ring of honor?
2: No, I haven't heard that come up kevin um i think i think the argument that's been against jimmy is that he lasted five years in dallas and then when he went to miami after pretty much pushing shula aside by campaigning so heavily for that job and and not doing great anywhere near the job in miami uh he did in dallas pretty much because he didn't have a herschel walker to trade um and then he just seemed to lose interest I know it was when his dad passed away, or his, um, uh, that he was—that what it was when uh, he nearly quit the Dolphins after a few years. I don't. I don't remember that
1: reason. I always. My opinion of Jimmy always was, uh, and and I wrote a column about this in the last when Jimmy when Jerry. See
0: what I have to go through every weekend. Well, I wrote a well, column. Well, I, I, I just saying that I, I, I brought it up because I. You're I a column it. dropper. It's like it's some people are name droppers.
1: I wrote a column about. This. I don't want people to think that I'm not noticing these things. Uh, is that uh, is that you know, both of these guys, Jerry and Jimmy, obviously couldn't get along. But but another, neither one gets where they are today without the other one. You oh. know, if if Jerry doesn't buy the team, Jimmy doesn't get a job really as a head coach. Wow, you're and an it, And if Jimmy doesn't, if he's the great coach that he is, then Jerry doesn't get the kind of uh, credibility he gets. But I think it's even well, you know, I, I, it's, it's I to, Go I, ahead.
2: No, I was just just say, it. Um, I just want to finish that point about the Miami. Is in a good address you just said that it was, it was one. I think what happened to Miami after one. I can't remember when one of his parents died. He lost interest. I think I had to talk him into coming back, and he, he just wasn't there, you know, mentally that last year. And I, I think that has really made an impact. The Miami years have really made an impact on the voters. That he would have definitely gotten the would have definitely gotten the job. Well, Gary, it is la- Jerry. In,
0: in, his, in his last game, didn't they? Wasn't it a playoff game? I remember watching on a Saturday. Didn't they lose like against?
2: Jag- f- they lost like sixty-two
0: to seventeen. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and that's like that's that. his exit, and, and that's what. Probably sticks in some people's minds.
1: I mean, that, yeah. it wasn't just the it wasn't just the the Don Shula thing either. Though she he handled the Dan Marino thing very poorly as well.
2: Oh, exactly, exactly. But Jimmy would have been a head coach in the NFL with or without Jerry Jones. In fact, um, one of Tech Schramm's plans in '88, um, or it might have been '89, before the team got sold, is that he wanted. He wanted Jimmy to come in as a defensive coordinator for a year and then try to push Landry out and have Jimmy as the head coach. So it's kind of ironic the way things eventually, you know, turned out that Jimmy wound up getting Texas job pretty much. Um, right. but, you know, San Francisco was interested in him, uh, Philadelphia was interested in him. Jimmy was not a secret. You know, despite, you know, Jerry being them being teammates and, uh, and him hiring him it was only a matter of time, and it very well could have been 1989 with, with another team. But Jimmy was going to be a head coach in the NFL, and I can't say that he had the same success that he had with the Cowboys because maybe it wouldn't have just turned over the football operation to him like, like Jerry did in those early years. And maybe he wouldn't have been able to make anything close to a Herschel Walker trade, which certainly accelerated the Cowboys' development. But he would have been successful no matter where he went early on. Because Jimmy's history was, he he gave it everything he had until the team was really good, and then he kind of lost interest. That's that's kind of the way he was all, all
1: over the place. Well, it, it wasn't just the Herschel Walker thing either. Though he inherited Troy Aikman. I mean, he got he essentially inherited Troy Aikman. He inherited right. Michael Irvin. Uh, right. And it, so it's a perfect storm of events. There's no question about that. And then they did, but, a, but they yeah, did I, draft you know, Emmitt Smith. That. Yeah. That, who was crucial to that? Sure. Sure. But but I'm and, but and the, and the Walker trade. But all that stuff kind of uh, dovetailed right into it. I, I think it's a you know to me, uh, head coaches are the same way with quarterbacks. We you, we had the discussion a minute ago about Eli Manning and the fact that he's won two Super Bowls and so he deserves to be in the uh, Hall of Fame. And I don't think there's anybody who, who would disagree with that point because we we put so much weight on the Super Bowls and yet Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl uh, and he is in the Hall of Fame and he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame.
0: He, he might have been the greatest passer for your. Pure passer in NFL history,
1: maybe you know. Right. So uh, and, and I, so, I think that's uh, so, uh, so. My point is, it's so unfair that 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 you know. Uh, in Jimmy's case, he was very fortunate that he got the Cowboys because I don't think he would have lasted long anywhere. He gets bored so fast. Uh, attention span of a gnat. Yes. Yeah. And so if if he, if he look look at, look at Tom Landry, his first five years, he has got nothing. With the Cowboys, right? They wanted him fired. People around People Dallas were trying to fire him, that's when Clint Mergison gave him the 10-year deal. And, and so, uh, but he hung in there, and he hung in there, and he coached the team, and so then, then you see the greatness of it, and this is something he really did build. There was no question of that. Whereas in Jimmy's case, he was, he was great enough five years, there's no question, but they got a lot of breaks, and then he got out. And so, and then he goes to, to Miami, and he can't he can't do the same thing, and he gets bored, and he gets out. So, to me, I do think Jimmy's a, a, was a great coach, but I do think it leads it to question, really, how you know, do we we, we had those Super Bowls, and we can see that we can see the team that got built, but boy, there were sure a lot of things that that went in, went into that. It's not like he had to to sweat through everything and build something. Uh, it all just happened so fast. I know they were terrible when he got there, but it, the the pieces were almost there from the very beginning.
0: Gary, can I ask a Hall of well, Fame question? I, I
1: don't. Go I, ahead. I,
2: I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really agree with you on that um, because, and I was still there at that point. They had absolutely no talent on that three and thirteen team that was Landry's last year, and then they even worse the next year. And you're right; he did inherit the first pick in the draft. And he took Troy. Um, but the, the reason I think that Jimmy uh, stands differently than, say, George Seaford or Tom Flores, who also won two Super Bowls, is be, I, I, Jimmy built those teams. Jerry was concerned about taking a team that was losing a million dollars a month and, and turning it into a team that's now been valued at almost $5 billion. That's what Jerry's emphasis was until Jimmy left. And so Jimmy did more than coach the team. He built the team, which is much different than a lot of these Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, Joe Gibbs was a tremendous coach, and he's in the Hall of Fame, but Bobby Beth was the one who, who built those teams. And as great a coach as Parcells was, George Young is the one who, who built those teams for him with the Giants. Jimmy built the team and coached the team, which is what I think separates him from the other coaches who are not in there that have won two Super Bowls is that he really was the coach and the general manager, despite Jerry having the
0: title. Gary, Gary, our time's running out, and Kevin's going to make fun of me because I'm going to ask you two questions. <laughs> anyway, after I say our time's running out, let me, let me throw out two more Cowboy names for the Super Bowl and just Super give, give uh, for oh, the please. Hall of Fame. For the Hall of Fame. Just, just, just give maybe one sentence. And, and Gil Brandt. Okay. Gil Brandt. Absolutely. Absolutely. So might he be Might he be the next Cowboy?
2: Yeah, I wasn't thinking in terms of the contributor category, but, yes, I mean, I think Gil changed the whole scouting system in the NFL and was so far ahead of, of, of everybody else. And while some teams were drafting out of Street and Smith, the Cowboys had a whole computer system, that you know, way, way before their time. And, and even his contributions post-Cowboys uh, with the Combine and, and the college all-star games and the work he does, you know, for the league. Uh, without question, he's a Hall of Famer.
0: And my other question and is... I
2: think he will get in within the next couple of years. And, and this is
0: going to sound off the wall, but I'm going to ask anyway. Tony Romo, and I'm going to say, ask this. What helps, will help Tony Romo if he becomes a standout analyst people see week in, week out on a national game? Would that help his chances to get into the Hall of Fame?
2: Well, it helped John Madden. Because uh, I don't think that John Madden was a Hall of Fame coach. And, and he's in the Hall of Fame, and it's just because he became so immensely popular on television that it helped his cause. Right. Tony, Tony was a terrific player for the Cowboys for a long time, but what, we, what I think we'll always remember about him is that in the biggest moments he played his worst. And I, I don't think his TV work will, will get him yeah,
0: he's the anti-Eli. He's he's an, I was just thinking that the anti-Eli. Yeah, yeah. But yeah,
2: exactly. Um, I I think that. Um, um, but
0: but you, think you know how these is, things.
2: You know, he's also a good start on TV. But I think Madden was an exception. Oh, in that
0: no question. TV thing, yeah. No, no question. No question. Oh, I'm getting the wrap up sign, Kevin. Yeah, wrap up. Ke- Kevin's bored. I got the wrap-up side. I'm Jimmy. I'm getting bored. Because we said Jimmy has the attention span of a net. Kevin has the attention span of a flea, unless he's talking about some column he wrote in 1983. Wow. That was a good
1: one, though. <laughs> yeah, I that's that right. Long, that was the one. That was the one. That was the one. Gary, yeah.
0: as always, it's 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 been an unbelievable pleasure to have you on here. If you if you're a Sports ever, if, Day alumnus, if, it's if, always going to have. a If sports you're day ever alumnus. down in the neighborhood, feel free to stop by the Horn Home, right down the street from the Star. You're more than welcome to stay with us. Uh, we have we're starting a, a an awards program where you can stay <laughs> with us, and if you stay with us, it's 10, a B and B. If you stay with it's us, 10, if you stay with us ten times, the eleventh time is on the house.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'll take that into consideration. All right. When I run out of my uh, Marriott point.
1: Thanks, Gary. See you, man. Okay, Gary, (laughs) Gary, I just want to ask you one one more quick question. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You
0: were were here for the opener. or no, before the opener. What did you think of that Allen Cedar Cedar Hill high school football game? He went to a high school football game. Did you ever think you would?
2: I actually went to some high school football games here in beautiful Westchester, New York. And when I went to the game at Allen High School, by comparison, it, it looked like an NFC championship game. Uh, it, it was very impressive. The, the stadium was very impressive, and, and the, the quality of play at a high school level just kind of blew me away, considering the games that I've seen here, there's not one player on either team that can ever make a high school team in Texas. So it, it, was, it was eye-opening, really. and I enjoyed doing it because I never went to a high school game in eight years, that I lived in Dallas.
0: Uh I was glad to show chauffeur you up there. But anyway, thanks thanks for being with us. Uh, it was it was great. It'll be a lovely parting gift. All right, Ke-
1: Kevin is Kevin is Kevin's bored. We gotta go. I'm bored with your questions. That's for sure. Holy cow! Hey, right, one more question, uh, Gary. Gary, there are no more questions. We appreciate it. We will get you back next time.
0: Thanks, Gary. <laughs> My gosh. You forgot to ask him. You forgot to tell him you thought he was he was the best uh, beat writer ever in the history. We'll get of, to that. We'll get him another time.
1: I want to say this because I, I didn't want anybody to think I don't think that Jimmy built that Cowboys team. He did build that, and Gary's absolutely right about that. My point is, is like when you bring up Gil Brandt, what I look at at Gil Brandt is the breadth of that career and how many years he put in and all the things that he did. through good times and bad. Uh, Building a team, coming back, building a team again. Uh, whereas when you hit like they did, and he knew the guys from Florida, stuff like that, I think that, that, I think that it detracts a little bit. I further. thought we have to go. Yeah, I know. But I think it's a great point, though. I'd that see. you're making, yeah, of course it is.
0: It's a great point I'm making. Oh no, now Brian is over
1: there crying. Brian. Brian's laughing. Brian's crying. Crying. Brian, He's crying. producer
0: Brian's laughing at you. By the way, I think we should
1: mention that Evan. Oh uh, don't like he wasn't laughing at you a while ago. I, he said, oh, one more I, question. I, I think we I want should, to talk about a high school game. I, I, think, right? I think
0: we should. Be, I think <laughs> we should mention that Evan Grant, the third member, third Musketeer here. Was not on with us today. He's not Ooh, that he was, what a
1: shock. It's not
0: it's not that he's, it's not like he's sitting across the table from us no. uh, and, and being silent or looking things up. Like um, he usually does. Like he usually does. <laughs> ignoring us. But Evan <laughs> is on the road with the Rangers. But we're going to have somebody else talk Rangers with us Who are we it on? Uh, I forgot.
1: Jerry Fraley. Jerry Fraley. Jerry Fraley, who
0: I think will bring a different viewpoint Jerry to the Fraley. Rangers season. I remember season. him. He's one of the great ones, and yes, and is. then we're also going to have a college podcast today, college football podcast. Who's going to be on that one? Uh, Tim Brando. Tim and, Brando. And here's what I'm going to ask him. And don't get upset when I ask him this. <laughs> We've had him on several times. Is he related yeah. to Marlon Brando? Do we know? Do we know? Have you asked that question?
1: <laughs> he says it on every on every he, he does his uh, his impersonation of uh, in uh, of looking at these. <laughs> Oh my God! Go go take some pills on the waterfront. He does or no, no, he doesn't. That I'm going to ask him. That's curse. That's going to be this is breath from uh, right. apocalypse All right. now. All right, yeah. go
0: go find our cowboys. I mean our college football podcast and learn the answer to the question. Yeah. is Tim Brando a relative <laughs> of Marlon Brando? <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys,
1: ballsy with a Z podcast.